uh, I went for a run and I was like, screw this shit. Like, uh, what am I doing with my life? A lot of founders bullshit most of the time. Which is, oh, I wanted to create a impact and I wanted to help people. Hey guys, welcome back to our second episode of The Firm. Today you have myself, Navtich, and Z, and today we will be interviewing the co-founder and CEO of Neom, Mr. Prajit Nanu. Uh, Neom is a modular, modern platform for global business payments, and in today's episode we will be looking at some of the challenges Mr. Nanu faced, what made him start a business, what he believes is valuable for success, and a little bit about the company's recent activity. Hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, sorry guys, so the audio cut out here, but the first question we asked him was um, if he could share with us what made him consider um, starting entrepreneurship only way you can make serious wealth in your life right you can work in a corporate life for a long time and uh, it will take you a long time to build money entrepreneurship has this opportunity that if you're successful you'll make uh, generational wealth and uh, uh, you know everyone will talk about creating an impact and i wanted to do this i wanted to help thousand people etc 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 i had none of those uh, I come from a difficult background, so money was important in life. So for me, becoming an entrepreneur was making incredible wealth to ensure the fact that uh, I never have to have any, or me or my family never have to have any financial hardships. Right. So entrepreneurship, uh, when it started, meant about uh, making a lot of money. Uh, now it means something extremely different as well. Mm. I see. Okay, well, next question would be, I know you grew up in India and you studied in India, right? So kind of like share what was the environment in India and share with us some of your insights on what you experienced in your journey to build the company. Correct, correct. So I'm, I'm born and raised in a city called Bombay in India. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Bombay is one of those cities where uh, either, either you love the city or you hate the city. It is incredibly busy uh, and uh, people are amazing, but they're it's a survival of the fittest, right? So there are like the school I went to had 60 students in a class. I don't know how many students are in your class, uh, like uh, in a single class, 60 students and um, uh, education in India is very, very important. So if you're not bright, you'll constantly be heralded saying that, oh my God, what's going to happen to you? Right, like so, the mindset has always been, uh, and it's similar in Singapore, right? Like I always keep telling uh, people uh, that education is amazing, but uh, choose a passion in life. It's not necessary that education helps you uh, achieve great heights, but uh, choosing your passion also can achieve help you achieve great heights. So, uh, so at, at a very early age, it was all about what what kind of uh, excites you. I'm a sports person by heart. Um, I I went to a college where I played like four or five different sports for college. So wow. and primarily the reason I used to play sports was uh, so that I don't have to attend classes as well. Because if you're a sports student, you can actually skip a lot of lectures. Mm-hmm. So I used to enjoy the fact that I used to be participating a, a session the day and the afternoon. So basically, I didn't have to do that. Uh, but growing up in Bombay is, I think, a um, uh, lot of lot of strong points which I use in entrepreneurship today. Uh, survival of the fittest, be decisive, you can't be, uh, and which I use in entrepreneurship as well, right? Like, uh, in being a founder of a company means you need to make decisions every day, every hour, 
and if you don't make decisions your business can actually die are these right decisions they may not be but it is very important for you to constantly make decisions whether right or wrong mm-hmm. so that that's also a very incredible part what bob teaches you just to be proactive versus being reactive taking decisions etc and all of this actually happens because you're in a class of 60 students mm-hmm. that's a, that's a there's nothing which is uh, on a planter and i grew up in a house which was like a two bedroom apartment with about seven eight people in it right like so it was a uh, it was uh, a finding a spot for yourself or finding 10 minutes for yourself where you're alone etc was was a definitely difficult uh, time to be in so it kind of created me to what i am today but uh, it is it's been incredible like the school i went to the college i went to a lot of my still good friends are from there and um, if i had to really go back and give it advice related to it it would be um, teaches you to make decisions right or wrong we'll figure out whether uh, sports allows you to uh, not have ego uh right like uh, mm-hmm. because even on your best day you can get absolutely destroyed by somebody who is not even half as good as you are uh just because it's that person's day so sports teaches you a lot so i was able to imbibe a lot of what sports teaches you to kind of do that like uh, being a tech founder is again um there are really bad days right like uh, and you're under significant pressure but if the pressure start showing on you as a as a founder everything will start breaking around mm-hmm. i think that's something which we have uh, ensured that uh, you know as a founder you can absorb a lot more and that's i think a uh, important sports philosophy which i shared mm-hmm. um you you talked about uh education and your experience in college how much do you think education and a good college matters in success whether it was yeah. back then or now i think uh, because you know i am one of those rare uh, uh, founders who is not from a blue chip school etc so I, i i i never did an mba i am not from a blue chip engineering college etc uh, i can tell you that uh, today where i stand it doesn't matter right tomorrow if i decide to do another startup people will throw hundreds of million dollars again to kind of help build a startup but when i started i know for a fact that I had an investor who told me that hey if you would have been from a blue chip school I could have cut you a 500k check right now right so there is uh, there is uh, a bit of that so I <laughs> I think education does definitely help so I'm not going to rule out but I also think that education from a good school helps right like for, like if I had an opportunity uh, uh, like if, if you're going to do from an Ivy League school absolutely right because the kind of people you'll meet the kind of uh, but trying to do education in a college which is not great but you still want to get a degree doesn't really help is what i think mhm mm. i mean you did say like if you did come from a blue chip school um it would help easier to easier for you to raise funds so since you didn't really go to one share with us how you raised money from your firm and the lessons you learned from it Sure. So, uh, so I actually had two uh, gaps in me. One was uh, I did not come from a tech background, like unlike a lot of founders who were, would have worked for a Google or a PayPal or uh, something similar. I actually did not come from a tech background, and because I did not come from a tech background, it was um, I had no clue what I was doing. 
So in fact, we had a founders dinner in San Francisco where basically it's, it was all late stage tech founders meeting and talking about challenges. And uh, I was pretty honestly sharing with them in the first three to four years, I did not know what I was doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I was just going through the motions because I was learning on the day every day. So um, there are two challenges, as I said. One, I didn't come from tech and I didn't come from a blue chip background. So I didn't have a network. But what I had was I came from an enterprise sales background. What an enterprise sales background means, I knew how to uh, reach out to people, get their email addresses, uh, you know, create email campaigns, write good emails which can attract attention. Uh, and that's what I did. So uh, I actually did not know anybody. And I think end of uh, 18 months, there is no investor who has not rejected me, right? Like, uh, I think there are over 100 investors who have rejected me through various stages. I have sent them emails. Sometimes I bump into them and they'll just inquire about the business. Hey, why didn't you come to us? And I'll say, hey, you know what? Uh, Don't say I didn't come to you. 2016, Mm -hmm. I sent email and you didn't even respond they said bullshit then i'll be like okay fine then they'll search they, oh i found right like so it is uh i did a lot of that in fact um, guess how we got our first 500k um i used to keep on badgering rocket internet which was a leading uh vc and uh, every month i used to send them a business update they used to never respond by the way every month i used to send a list of 20 investors an update saying, hey, we hired this person, we built this product, we have now added this feature, this is the way we are seeing the market, this is what we are doing, we continue to be excited, we still have money, we're looking to raise, etc. So finally, I think they must have got really, uh, really exhausted with my emails saying that, okay, let me just have a call with the guy. They spoke to me and then, uh, you know, a few uh, weeks later, they actually sent us the check and gave us half a million dollars. Wow. Wow. Um, you, well, you speak, you talk about how you, you were, you've been resilient when it comes to getting money from investors. Was there any moments in your journey when you had a feeling of giving up? And if yes, how did you overcome it? Yeah, I, I think uh, initially when I started, uh, it was very frustrating because uh, and this the only time I really gave up was when I was starting. And uh, uh, I actually, uh, and I think I was disappointed because uh, tech can be dark as well, right? Everything can't be uh, good, right? Mm-hmm. Tech can be dark as well. Yeah. And uh, what happened was uh, I, we we were getting a license uh, in uh, a specific market and I needed money to capitalize the business so that we can start. And an investor had promised me money saying, hey, you know, uh, this I'll, I'll give you half a million dollars at like some 20% uh, of the company. And suddenly we needed the money instantly in the next four weeks. And the person said, hey, I'll give you $100,000 for 20% of the company. Right? Mm-hmm. Like completely changing everything. And I was like very disappointed, dejected because uh, uh, this is like completely opposite of what uh, they had said like a few weeks back. And that meant that everything would have changed, heavy dilution up front. Um, I actually went back and I said no, oh. right? I said no. And at that point of time, I had no money uh, to further invest in the business. I went for a walk. Uh, I went for a run and I was like, 
through the shit like uh, what am i doing with my life why am i spending time and let me go back to my i oh, so I, i have to admit i had a great corporate job i was um, uh, you know i was i was made vp in a, a new york listed firm before i turned 30 so i was doing extremely well in my corporate life so there was no really reason for me to become or to a startup unless i really felt the need to kind of uh, really create an impact in the generational wealth i keep talking about mm-hmm. so as soon as that happened uh, i actually reached out to a competitor of ours uh, and said hey would you want to buy my business for $30,000 uh, right like uh, he still uh, like he you know when i met him in person he said rajit i still have that email you know the day you go public i'm going to uh, push that email out right like so i i did offer uh, but i came back from the run and i realized that i'm being stupid it was not a lot of money i could raise through you know friends and family raise the money and uh, we are where we are today mm-hmm. wow. wow yeah and uh, like i know i know uh, the tech industry is like really dark and also you said it's pretty dark so when it comes to building your company what what values do you have and when you hire people what do you look for within your employees so uh, one critical thing for us is uh, uh, like uh, being really transparency so we are that firm where uh, uh, where we uh, have a monthly all hands on deck and in our monthly all hands on deck we cover everything from how much money we have in the bank how much money we are burning what is our revenue etc 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 and guess what like we we are today a 2 billion dollar company we were a 200 million dollar company uh and i was in thailand uh and i learned this from a founder who was running a, like a 20 million dollar company he came late for a dinner which was organized by one of our investors and he came in and he said i'm sorry every friday of the month i do a all hands on deck uh, with everybody and i was like oh my god like why am i not doing it so there is no space <laughs> like i could learn from a younger founder so i think uh it was very important for us to be uh, uh you know being super transparent that's what we do the kind of people you hire you have to hire people who have significant urgency people who don't have urgency are terrible for startups mm-hmm. uh, and why is that because anyone and everyone can build a better platform than us all what we have is you know our ability to do is speed so if you think about what we do as global payments platform a bank can really deliver what we do but the reason why banks don't do it is that they don't are they're not nimble and fast as us mm-hmm. so our ability to kind of create core products is very important and that is all created by urgency you don't have urgency like there are corporate companies which take 12 months 18 months 24 months to launch projects we do it in 3 weeks 4 weeks 6 weeks wow. so this 6 week becomes 1 year i'm going to be as slow as one of my one of our peers right so i think there is a lot of work which happens on that uh um okay um uh, so you talked about um how you had to go through huge rounds of, of fundraising how do you convince investors about the value of your company right so uh, you know i was i was having a, a dinner as part of the dinner we had uh, uh uh somebody very early on from uber joined that dinner and he made an amazing comment he said uber's founder had this vision mission and excitement where like his top leaders which is 80 leaders 
were ready to go to jail to get the mission accomplished right so it comes down to the founder's vision and the mission and how big it is right lot of founders are not able to raise money and they keep complaining saying hey my tech is the best in the world my this is best in the world my people are best in the world but i'm not able to raise what they are missing out is what is the big vision what is the big mission can this become a uh, like can this become a big company right imagine my challenge right now somebody needs to invest in a 2 billion dollar company i have to tell him that this is going to be a 20 billion dollar company and why can i this be a 20 billion dollar company so when you forget about anything right when as a founder you're trying to raise money your vision your mission and your north star which is how big can you be and what's your real big vision is something uh is something i can't like i can't uh, like i can't stress more is something what people buy people mm-hmm. buy an ambition a lot of my investors have uh, given me money they said prajit i have no clue what you're going to do but here is the money because i believe like you will run through walls to deliver things yeah mm. okay well uh, um moving on more to the your business side uh we heard that you have uh we heard news about your ipo plans yeah and why do you want to do an ipo and what are you doing to make it successful sure so uh, you know building an ipo is always an interesting part right like it's not like end but it's actually the start uh, right a lot of uh, startup founders feel that uh, taking the company public is the end of our journey it's not actually the end of the journey it's actually start of a completely new journey very complex uh, why i want to take the company ipo is uh, so there are two reasons generally one is to give lot of the early stage investors mid stage investors an exit exit means they can take the money out that's not the issue with us we've exited we've always exited lot of our early stage investors mid stage investors given them money back so that's not a problem what i want and why i want the company to go public is because there's a great opportunity for us to buy assets across the globe so today they buy uh so like niam bought so cash uh, a singapore based company and we used a stock to buy the company now what niam wants to do now is basically use the uh use our stock to buy more companies across the globe in latin america in africa and so on and so forth and this time when we buy our stock will be liquid in 6 month people can sell and so on and so forth mm-hmm. right i think that is uh, something which is uh, what we are really really uh, functionally focusing on right uh, so that i think uh, uh, and now going back to uh, you know to making an ipo success uh, there is no one who can like talk about ipo success uh, from where you are like ipo in a way is like russian roulette you can do all the hard work best prep but it also depends on the market it also mm-hmm. depends on a lot of things associated with it so success is not guaranteed so there are a lot of companies as you guys do research who everything was wor- working well but just before the day something went wrong in the market and uh, they just went public by the scratch and today they are like over few hundred billion or somebody who went public at 200 billion today is like 5 billion right mm-hmm. so there is lot of those story what i am doing uh, as public i am even asking myself a question that am i the right leader to lead the company to go public because yeah. that's a very important question to ask mm-hmm. uh, so so 
when you think about this, it's like a 360 degree evaluation, the business, the fundamentals, uh, can you, so one of the things when you think about going public is uh, forecastability, saying every quarter, uh, can you agree, say 10 to 20 billion uh, volume or you can't have that variation. You have to say 17 to 20 billion, you can't say 10 to 20 billion. So how much you reduce forecast, variability, those are important things. Then you need like mm -hmm. a strong CFO, a yeah. strong leadership to kind of take the business. Mm -hmm. So we have one last concluding question that we ask everyone. Um, what advice would you give to young people who are interested in pursuing a career in business slash starting their own company? First, I would always say start your own company. Like uh, I meet young kids and I'm like, like wow. Uh, because uh, like I'm a big fan of Suri, uh, the guy who runs Carousel in uh, Singapore, mm -hmm. uh, Southeast Asia. He never worked for anyone. He just got out of college and he's doing. So I, I knew a lot of things about business, corporate politics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he did not know anything. So what he's built as an organization, I'm a big fan. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I personally think that if you are excited about solving problems, if you are excited about generational wealth, right? And I'm not talking about millions, few millions of dollars. I'm talking about generational wealth. Uh, right, like I, I did this only because I wanted to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Right, like if those things excite you, uh, and if you really believe that you have in it, you to run through walls, to basically break things, uh, and just be absolutely resilient and relentless, you will achieve success in whatever you do. Mm -hmm. Right, and don't get it wrong right like i also tell to people that some people are just not made to be founders yeah right i'm a lot of founders where people just can't take stress if you can't take stress don't be a founder if you can't look people into the eye and say that this is going to be the next generational multi-decade company in this world which no one's going to be able to touch don't become a founder right mm -hmm. if you can't basically keep smiling when the world around you is collapsing and you don't have money to pay bills, don't become a founder. Mm -hmm. If you are not charismatic enough, and when I started, I was not charismatic enough to sell the story. If you're not charismatic enough to be able to really build an incredible platform and tell the right story, don't become a founder. Right? Mm -hmm. Like So yeah. there are more reasons of why you shouldn't be a founder versus uh, why you should be. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I try to be a bit more honest with these responses because you know I've I've been where you guys are like a lot of founders bullshit most of the time which is <laughs> oh I wanted to create an impact and I wanted to help people like like if you if you ask like eight out of ten we always wanted to make a lot of money right that's why we become a founder so I think yeah. <laughs> uh, right like so a lot of founders you speak to they'll be like oh you know as a childhood dream blah 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 but in reality we work sixteen hours a day. Uh, go through significant hardship because we're solving an important purpose of life and purpose of life is generally money, fame or you know uh, self-actualization right and trust me like mm -hmm. you never think of fame and self-actualization is always uh, mm -hmm. like now if you'll ask me why am I doing this it's a legacy right uh -huh. I want to be remembered I want people to think about what did Prajit do which has created an impact in the world but mm -hmm. uh, that's now right? Like seven years later. Yeah. 
Well, we appreciate you being real with us. And not <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that. Oh, I, I, said, like, I, I was, uh, you know, I, I wish at 16 I had the drive, uh, what you guys have. Like, uh, uh, if uh, what I, I don't know what's the legal age in Singapore, go work. I, I, you know, this is my advice to all the school kids also, like, uh, because you're 16, 17, go hustle founders like us. Uh, say that you will work for free. You go, uh, you know, slog your butts off, work for free, uh, just to go work in a startup environment, do everything from counting uh, staple pins in the box to going outside, doing, uh, uh, gathering more customers, put yourself in the most difficult positions which you never thought you would ever do. Um, and, and intern at a startup, right? Don't go and be a janitor at Facebook or TikTok, right? <laughs> You're not going to learn anything there. <laughs> go find like early stage startups who don't have the money. You will you will see things firsthand and you will know, uh, are you going to be a corporate slave all your life or do you want to be a tech founder? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Right. Cool. Thank Thanks. you so Sorry. much. <laughs>